Welcome to the Helping Families Be Happy podcast, where we explore the often messy world of family love and relationships. I am your host for this podcast, Dr. Carla Marie Manley, a practicing clinical psychologist, wellness advocate, and author based in Sonoma County, California. I've teamed up with Familius to bring you nourishing real-life information about love, family, relationships, and life. And now I am absolutely thrilled to introduce today's guest, Peter Lamata, who will be talking with us about story time with Mr. Lamata and his work as an educator. Welcome to the podcast, Peter. Thank you, Carla. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me here for this opportunity to um, have a conversation together. (laughs) I'm excited. So I understand, among other things, that you're a teacher. Yes, yes, elementary school teacher and love it. <laughs> what what grade do you teach? So right now I'm actually out of the classroom. This has been my first year out of the classroom and onto the administrative side of things. And so um, exploring that side, but I've taught first grade the longest and then I taught second and then I worked with fourth grade. And then also I worked with after school programs the first two years after I moved to the U.S. So. Mm, where did you move from? Where, uh, from where's... Zambia. Zambia. Ah. Yeah, Lusaka, yeah. born and bred. And then, um, yeah, then to Baltimore first and then out here in Oakland. Do you California. get homesick often? Oh, I do. Oh, I do. And especially too, you know, like around holiday season when it's, you know, it's it's so family oriented. And so... Yeah, I miss being with my friends, being with my my own relatives and doing our own traditions, our own way of of observing the different holidays. uh, But um, yeah, but I also have, you know, I have deep roots out here too now. And so that helps having friends and and just the work we do helps ground me for sure. (laughs) Do you get to go home frequently? I do. When um, I am one of those people that would do once a year. This year, I've not, this is 2022, I've not been able to go because the plan was that my sister would visit me, that there's been a few hiccups here and there trying to nudge her along to get everything right. (laughs) Okay, I know there's no such thing as a stupid question, but this is a very broad question. What is Zambia like? I've never been to Zambia. Oh, it is you know, you picture smiles, you picture happy people, resilient people, and just you know, like it is green, especially around this time of the year, because we have the rainy season that goes all the way until um, till late March, April. And so it's just lots of rain, lots of green around, lots of mangoes. When you go out, you know, you go to the grocery stores, there's mangoes. You go out into the markets, you find people with just mangoes. There's fruits we call masuku. Some of them, I don't even know the English names. I'd have to, you know, like, I'd have to look them up. But there's all these different things that I sometimes show my friends on my phone or computer, like, look at this. And so it's just a lot of, like, lots of fruit. And then when you go outside, too, lots of people um, roasting corn on the cob mm-hmm. so maize on the cob and it's just roasting it right there with the little grills you know mostly mostly it's um women on 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 the street and they're selling that and you know you buy that and you just go on munching along your way oh i can <laughs> smell it through your description so it sounds from what you said originally that zambia is very family oriented oh absolutely yeah absolutely. much different very than the family. states 
So much so than the U.S., yes. And I, and, and one of the things that I attribute to that has been in my own, and this is there's been no scientific, <laughs> this is just my hypothesis. <laughs> and one of the things I've come up with is that um, I think because of, in the U.S., you can become independent at an earlier age. There, is more, there are more opportunities for employment and earning a living on your own. And so people tend to be more independent and don't need, and I'm saying that with quotation marks, don't need family in the same way. You know, like say in Zambia, when you're being educated, part of my school fees were paid for by my sisters. You know, like ah. I have two older sisters on my mom's side and they paid for my part of my, my schooling. And that's how it is. When you support somebody, it goes on to the next person. And we have a saying, which is in all the languages, but this one, I'm taking it from the Nyanja, um, which is spoken in the east of Zambia and in Lusaka quite predominantly. And then it is similar to Chichewa, which is spoken in Malawi. And they say, which means, um, and I'm loosely translating here, which means, um, Today, it's on your friend. Tomorrow, it's on you. And ah. usually, it refers to something that is, you know, if some your friend is struggling, don't laugh at them. Help them. Because you never know when your turn is come, will come. So, yeah. So, oh, things like that just beautiful. help you, push you to really be, you know, like, think of family. Think of your role in a greater, in a bigger picture other than just your individual self. Yeah. A very collectivistic <laughs> mentality. Absolutely, yeah, yes. exactly. And exactly. a pay it forward, so to speak, that idea exactly. of, and it's interesting because at Familius, we have our, you know, 10 habits of a healthy family, love together, play together, learn together, read together, all of these things, trying to bring more of that warmth and happiness into mm-hmm. not just American households, but households around the world. So it sounds as if Zambia is doing a very good job of of really creating a sense of family no matter where you are yeah yeah no absolutely and even being here uh, those are one of some of the things was like it's never i never look at it and like oh i'm in the u.s and so on like oh i have this opportunity to do these things no it is a chance for me who can i help back home who can mm-hmm. i who can i support so they can support somebody else and that's the way it is it's, i'm not any more special than the next person that is still at home in zambia working in zambia maybe in a job that doesn't you know remunerate them what they deserve i just happen to be here and i believe that i've been put here for a reason and i need to to pay that back so yeah <laughs> I like that very much. So you've launched yourself from an educator now to the administrative side. What yeah. does that mean? What What are you doing with that? I have always thought of having a greater impact. Mm-hmm. But one of the things that I have learned in being, and of course, absolute respect to educators all over the world, really just the amazing work that people do. I think I am in this role because of the influences that I had from my mom who was an educator at one point too and also seeing how she did things the influences of her dad who was an educator as well who I'm named after and so but also Mr. Sinyangwe I have to give him uh, props that was my English teacher 10th grade through 12th grade when I was in high school and he just really you know when people just sacrifice self to make sure that you make it. And I did not have a dad growing up. My dad, I did not live with my dad. So to have this person that was willing to say, hey, 
you're doing well in my class, but how come you're failing the other classes? What can I do to help you? Like he gave me assignments in physics, in chemistry that were not his subject area and check them, you know, so things like that. And I feel like um, educators are across the world, as you know, we give ourselves, you, we never think about if you walk into a target, you think, oh, what do I have for my students? What can I pick up for them? Right. It's never what can I pick up and get reimbursed? No, it's just what can I pick up? And you, it, reimbursement doesn't happen. You look at the taxes, it's only $300, right? So there are all these things that we do that are just, you. it takes a special person to be there. And then to be an administrator, honestly, I was looking, oh, I would have a bigger impact, not realizing really how much of that bigger that impact is. And then looking at it from the other side and seeing how I've had to broaden my look, my understanding, my view of things from looking at it and like, what does my class need to what does this whole school need? What does the whole yes. district need? And where am I in that in that picture? How do we split the resources that are available? And so just, yeah, having that. And then also the learning that I've had into thinking, well, what decisions are being made and what thought has been put in? Because it's so easy sometimes when you're not part of a, the decision-making process to think, well, nobody has really thought this out. Yes, doesn't mean that wrong decisions won't, won't be made. It doesn't mean that faulty decisions won't be made. But there is thought. And so to be a part of some of those teams, like right now I'm with the math uh, math department in San Mateo, Foster City. And so being able to see, we go through, we argue in our team, we will argue, push each other, <laughs> say, no, this is not right. This, and then we'll get feedback from teachers, say, this is not good. This is not, and we spend hours on it. And so we're able to also, then how do we shift that and change it? So it is something, you know, we incorporate that feedback. And so um, I think being an administrator, on that side of things definitely sees you that makes you see that allows you to see the bigger picture. Yes. But also what I advocate for is always that the people in the classrooms, the people that are in, working with the children, we need their input. We need their voices and we need, we can't just be as administrators or as people, decision makers, make decisions in a vacuum. We need to bring in the people we need. And that's what has helped me just leaving the class last year and being here now I will push back with my team and say, well, you know, or when people say, well, you know, like these teachers are just not, they're just awful, this or that's like, wait a minute. Like that is a very blanket statement. That is not, I think that is, if we're going into that, into our work with that mindset, how do we expect to partner with people? Right. That's something Absolutely. I saw recently. Yeah. That said, um, kids and it was about kids, but it said something, a friend was attending a conference and she sent me a picture. And so it was, it said, kids may not read yet but they can read you and it's the same as we work with adults yes. anybody where if you go into a space with a certain mindset a certain feeling people will read you so yeah that's um that's been the huge i think huge thing seeing a much wider picture but also wanting to still advocate for for um respect for our educators Absolutely. And you have the lived experience of a teacher, of being in the classroom, of course, of having been in the classroom. So you bring all of that to the administration where somebody who's only ever been administrator may not have that vantage point. So kudos to you. Let's shift to a different topic, which is story time. Tell us about story time and how you make or help families be happy through the power of story. You know, um, when I started, I only started story time because 
I was looking for a way to connect with my kids. And one of the things that I'd always seen when kids would come back from holidays, we, we've just had a two-week break, you know, a bit longer for other school districts. So we're just coming back. And most of the time you ask students, like, what did you do? And a lot of times kids will say, well, I watched YouTube. I did this. I was, and so, and of course, you do have the haves that will tell you, oh, I traveled to this place. So I did this and I did that. And so I thought, what is a way that we can allow kids to still have, because story time in classroom is one of the best times for me. Mm-hmm. I don't know about others, but like that is the best time for me because the conversations that we have after reading, the fun, those faces when, you know, say, for example, you, you know, you're reading, um, don't let the pigeon drive the bus or something, you know, and all <laughs> the kids just go, ah, you know, like that. Those moments are just, you cannot trade them for anything. And so, I was thinking, how do we recreate those moments away from um, from the classroom? And so I thought, like, and what's in an accessible way? And so YouTube, Facebook, those were, you know, platforms that I knew my kids had talked about. And so I knew it's like, if I do this, then we'll be able to reach more students. And of course, it started, it was my class and just invitations to my school. Then it kind of friends started telling friends. And then next thing we knew, we were reaching people in Kazakhstan. And oh my God. Oh my goodness. (laughs) Yeah. So it has been, um, it it was a, yeah, just a a project that has given me so much. So story time with Mr. LaMata on YouTube. So (laughs) for our listeners and and Facebook, (laughs) so for listeners and for me, what happens in story time with Mr. LaMata and why is it so important? (laughs) Well, in story time, we, um, the whole idea is just to connect with books, connect with books, introduce students and parents alike. We like to say the young and the young at heart. Mm-hmm. Two conversations, because the books we're reading are not only, it's not only, oh, a fun, funny laugh book. No, they're books that deal with serious issues. You know, books that talk about, say, for example, recently we read A Winter Walk in the, in the, in the City. And that was such an amazing book because it talks about a winter walk, mm-hmm. but it highlights different holidays in there and it doesn't necessarily say you should celebrate this but it's just saying this is what happens and these are the human elements of it and so having those topics and hopefully a child that is reading a parent that is reading sees that and like oh wait a minute we we need to talk about this i hope i can highlight it gives them a step a a jumping point to say this is what you can talk about right and so many other books like that that we've read that i love so much that touch on so many topics you know like mr watson's chickens for example has a gay couple and so talking about that kind of that kind of conversation that we can bring and have as a community you know and kids get to ask questions and um, we build from that so story time is meant to support reading for kids and and of course families reading together but also helping them have those conversations. I don't come to them saying I'm an expert. I'm the expert. No, I just bring out and read and the joy of reading how I see it. And hopefully that, you know, then they can also piggyback on that and 
we keep going. <laughs> Isn't that what it's about? The joy of reading. And the joy of reading. Kids pick that up. Like you said, they yes. may not even be able to read yet on their own, but they're reading you. They're reading the story. They're reading the yes. connection. Yes. And they're reading the love. The love. Um, exactly. Yes. yes. Oh, yeah. One of the things I learned, I don't know if you've come across the book, Good Night, uh, Time for Bad Old House. Um, no. It is such a beautiful book. But the grandparent, the grandpa is reading to the, who comes with the book and wants to read to this child. And then he tells him, he's like, oh, can you read to me? And the kid is like, but I can't read, grandpa. And the kid is like, well, you can read the pictures to me. And so then the kids starts to read the pictures. And I thought that was just such a beautiful concept because they are pictures. And I remember as a kid myself looking at a book and going through, I did not know what a centaur is. That is that the half man, half Yes. Boy. I remember yes. seeing that picture in the dictionary. We had a big Oxford Advanced Learners Dictionary in my house growing up. And I would go through looking at it and I was looking at the pictures, all yes. these crazy things. but. It allowed me to to draw something. And later when I saw this thing, I was like, well, I know what this is. And so it was just um, the pictures are, are a powerful way and kids observe so much. I'm sure you've had the same opportunity when you read to kids and they're like, notice all the things where you're like, as an oh. adult, you're focusing on the words. <laughs> oh, there's it, that's one of the beauties of picture books. They are the words can be used or they cannot be used and you can create your own story and then talk. I love that books allow us to talk about what we imagine. Yes, the words, that type of content, but also about the pictures or create another reality altogether that isn't what the words present. So books are so good for connection, for imagination, for really learning to think and challenge. So I think that story time, I'm going to have to go and take a look at story time with Mr. Lamata. So I hear you're also an Instagrammer. I am. Um, <laughs> and this is all, you know, like um, it is serendipitous because I just kind of in all its fun and funny ways has been has kind of fallen on me. And mm -hmm. I really have. um embraced it in in a way that um i never would have imagined but it came about because as i was putting out content for story time i was trying out how do i reach more people more kids right and so my idea was just to put out stuff and then i started thinking well i have this events page on my facebook that i'll put up but then i needed a way of highlighting those telling people what's coming next what are we reading tomorrow what are we reading this week and also gave me a chance because we also do themes so it's like what are the theme are we highlighting this week? is it family is it you know celebrating the earth is it what are we doing and so decided to put that out and then started putting out daily posts of just different things and also sometimes just for example when i got vaccinated uh, i think it was my first shot I put that out and I was just putting it out just to be like, hey, you know, like, let's do this. And, you know, of course, there's so many conversations that were happening around that. And I just wanted to show where I stood on the matter. And um, and I remember people engaging so much with that mm. and just thinking like, oh, yeah. So that part definitely, you know, like made me realize, too, how much responsibility comes with these roles yes. that you take up, whether you like yes. it or not. You do have people. I've had people reach out to me and say, 
you know, you, 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 you took us through the pandemic. And I, mm. I was just sitting in my living room doing that and so not knowing, but it is one of those things where I tell them too that you carried me through it too, because through that, having that project, that focus, that researching of reading books every day, for, before I read them on air, reading them, looking into permissions, looking all these things gave me a purpose. And that purpose, that light still shines. And I, it is definitely... It is definitely something that has just kind of come up and I've, I've decided that, you know, I will be as responsible and can be and try and, you know, put out, put out some good in the world. And hopefully, you know, like uh, people feel that energy that I have for this because it is a labor of love. And, and I think that's what makes it special. That's what makes it special. I can absolutely feel the labor of love and the joy. And I do have to say, I'm certain that the kids in the classroom will absolutely miss your presence. But I can also feel that what you are doing for, you know, 20 something to 30 something students, you're now able to do on not only an administrative level, but still have that connection through Facebook, through Instagram, and through YouTube, where you get to bring that true joy and love for people and children and reading, you know, directly to the public, where you're reaching so many more people than not that one classroom's not sufficient teachers out there. I know every <laughs> child matters. And yeah, you know, I too, I really loved how that that part where you brought up earlier about the one teacher who believed in you and said, wait a second, you're getting this. And isn't that the power of a beautiful, not just a teacher, but any adult who really takes the time to see a child for who they are, reach in toward them to help them build success, to believe in themselves. I mean, that is one of the biggest powers, privileges, and responsibilities of being a teacher, a psychologist, you know, an educator in any form, that it's quite a big responsibility, isn't it? Yes. No, it is. A, like you, you say, it is a big responsibility. And I've reached out to Mr. Sinyangwe. He's somebody that I am still in touch with. We've talked and, uh, and, but not every teacher, not every adult gets that, gets that kind of loop back and be like, oh, I am doing this because of what you did, right? And so just thinking about that too, and the flip side of that as well, of like, it is so much responsibility, so much power because you affected me positively. Yes. But on the other hand, we can also affect kids negatively. So oh, we need so to much. really check ourselves and, and it has to be a deliberate process of checking yourself apologizing when you have when when you need to when you have to like really um i think those those matter for students because if i'm able and i took it it, it 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 took a while i'm not perfect whatsoever but there are moments where i remember where i'm like i catch myself i did something and a kid is like but it wasn't me and i'm just like you know what i am sorry i was wrong i was that's on me and being able to do that not only in the moment, but so to, to model also to the other kids, say this Absolutely. is what we do when we made a mistake, when we, yeah, and then this is how we sincerely apologize. And this is hopefully we can move ahead, but also not forcing your, 
you know, when you apologize, not forcing somebody to immediately take it and immediately change course. No, they do not have to let them process at their own time. Absolutely. (laughs) And that makes me like you even more because that's one of my big things in life. You know, we're all imperfect. And about one of the people who don't have the courage to apologize, right? They're not only robbing the person they've harmed, but they're robbing themselves because they're not using introspection to say, oh, I did this, I wronged that person, you know, I offered this and I do, or, you know, whatever the deal was. And to be able to look, self-reflect, and again, you're, you're like you said, when we as adults engage in a true, genuine apology, not only are we looking at the child and modeling for them, but children mm-hmm. watch as we apologize to other adults or not. Yes. Right. And so that true, a true, genuine apology also offers that us the room to grow and do it differently moving forward. So Absolutely. I think apologies are a gift. So <laughs> some people definitely steer clear of them, but I see them as, as a real bonus yeah. to everyone. No, it definitely it's It's a skill that we definitely, like you're saying, we should in ways whenever we can have it, an opportunity to demonstrate to our kids. And and I think, yeah, even. Because there's so much I've seen at times where I go in hot on somebody and they apologize. And I'm just like, that's not what I was looking for. I was expecting <laughs> you to come at me. No. <laughs> but it just deflates you like, no, that's not what I'm doing. My sister, my oldest sister, Chippo, does that, did that really well as kids growing up. She did that really well. It was, of course, there was, there was a much wider age age difference between us. But I feel like she was always a dot and always just was like, no, I'm not doing that with you. And I'll just be like, ah. Oh. But it was different with my, my, my middle sister, Sally, who was more like, more close in age. We were just like kind of go at each other. And so realizing too, like that, the impact that that apology or those, you know, like the, the, the mm-hmm. gentleness that which we approach things can totally affect how the other person um reacts or comes into your space (laughs) absolutely and again another word i love gentleness right when we are gentle we can never underestimate like you were saying earlier the power for children and adults of being gentle we can say almost anything no matter you know how pointed a message that it needs to be but we can say it with kindness and gentleness oh my goodness (laughs) my sister sally referred read this we were reading and we were doing we were doing bible study at the time me and her and she and sally's three years older than me almost four but like she she did this thing one time she's like you know, take a, take a ball. She got a ball and then she was like, tossed it at me and I was able to catch it. And then she took the same ball and kind of threw it a little harder at me. And I was like, <laughs> and she's like, you see, that's how we can be with our words as well. I can't remember ah. where she found it, but she's like, that's how we can be with yes. our words and our actions. If we toss, we can gently toss at somebody the same yes. message. Yes. Whereas we can also lash out at them and be yes. a completely different effect. So I was like, oh, wow. But yeah, and we were, I was in the ninth grade at the time, but I still remember it today. Of course, it's those little tidbits really stick yeah. not only in the head, but the heart. And there is that piece where sometimes when somebody will say something like, well, that's not in my DNA. 
I'm not a gentle person or I'm not a kind person. I say, <laughs> well, no, you can you can wire your brain whatever way you want to wire your brain. Yes, it can yes. become part of who you are. So a part of who you are. Yes, we can. Absolutely. We can, yes, we have that power. So and I could talk to you for hours. So <laughs> anything else you'd like to share with our readers about the or listeners about the work that you do helping families and children be happier and more fulfilled? I think let kids be kids. Mm. You know, like many times we we try to have kids see the world through our lens. Remember, you've lived for so many more years than they have. A lot of things to them are still novel. A lot of things to them are still unraveling in their mind. So allow them to learn, allow them to grow, right? And that's, I feel like that's one of the things that parents, or, you know, you want to see kids sitting there and reading voraciously or no, like just expose them to those things. Just buy books, put them in the house, read yourself so kids can see you and learn from you, right? And talk about what you read, what you read about. So that way you're drawing interest and showing it to the students. Um, many times, how many times do we read books in the classroom or read a book somewhere? And the kids, all the kids want to get that, want to borrow that book from the library yes. immediately. That's what, that's what, that's the power that we have. And so exposing kids to reading, exposing kids, you know, to programs like ours, where we want to just make sure that we show that joy of reading, show the respect. And also, you know, like just continue to um, lean on others, lean on others, you know, like, where, what are you doing? What, how have you done this? Can this work for me? And also realizing too, not everything works every time. There's many lessons that I have planned hours and they tank the first minute I introduce them. <laughs> and then immediately maybe I pick out something where I'm like, oh, the music teacher is not coming. What? I need something right away. And that is a hit. Kids talk about that for months and you're like, wait, I didn't even think about that. <laughs> you know, like so <laughs> just realizing like we have to be flexible, be able to be ready to pivot, be able to Realize, too, that one thing that might work with one set of students or one, one kid might not work with another. It is like that. So it's always keep trying, keep reinventing yourself and, um, and um, just, yeah, just trust yourself. Be, you know, being, being consistent with what we do. If it's the reading, if yes. it's that consistency, putting out and then learning, reflecting on what you're doing and how can I be better tomorrow. And asking people, tell me what is good. And also tell me what is not working. And then Absolutely. How That's how we learn. You, you keep giving, uh, you know, throwing out some of my favorite words, consistency. <laughs> we could have a whole podcast on the importance of consistency. Peter, I have enjoyed every moment with you. Thank Same. you so much for Same. being a guest. Thank oh, you. goodness. We have to talk more about consistency. <laughs> <some fun>. ah. <laughs> what problems would be solved if we knew how to be consistent for our children <laughs> okay. or ourselves? So please, right. Peter, tell me where our listeners can find you. Oh, yes. So um, you can find us at uh, storytimewithmrlimada.com, and then it will lead you to so many of our other platforms. But you can also find us at Storytime with Mr. Limada on Facebook, YouTube, and Instagram. And um and we also do our story times every weekday at 7 a.m. Pacific time and 11 a.m. Pacific time um, for live story readings. This is the 11 a.m. is the recording of the 7 a.m. So if you miss us or you're in a place that is maybe too early for 7 a.m. Pacific time, catch us at 11. <laughs> Excellent. 
So the spelling of Peter's name is P-E-T-E-R, Lamata, L-I-M-A-T-A. And it's Storytime with Mr. Lamata, Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. Thanks again, Peter. And as we conclude today's podcast, I'd like to thank Familius Publishing for their support in bringing this podcast to your ears and your heart. We'd be thrilled if you'd subscribe to the podcast and leave us a review on iTunes and social media. If you'd like more wonderful Familius content, be sure to visit us at Familius.com, where you will find our Habit Hub blog, as well as a spectacular selection of books for families. One step at a time, we can and will make the world a happier place. Thank you for sharing your time with me, Dr. Carla Marie Manley. It's been a joy and a true pleasure. Be well and shine, shine, shine as only you can do. Mm -hmm.